my goodness, I feel like I've been church today. I hope you have. My goodness, thank you so much for worshiping today. I tell you, thank you, choir, and thank you for uh, guys and for leading special music. And so it's been a good morning in worship. And so we're happy that you were able to be a part of it. And thank you for worshiping. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 27. Now, there's a lot going on this morning. <clears throat> um, I was not going to preach this sermon. I had something else I'd worked on yesterday. I had a real busy week. I worked on last night, worked on this morning, early. And so God just changed every bit of that. And so that's fine with me, and it's fine with him, but it drives everybody else crazy here at the church. The, the sound guys, and they're changing slides, and the the title of the message on the slide changed and the passage of Scripture and where we're going to be going. And so, but I think God has a word for us. I had the privilege of being called on to, to minister to a family this past week, uh, the Grissom family. And Kelly called and wanted to know if I'd be able to help with the service of her dad. And so God gave me this passage of Scripture. I'd never used this Scripture at a revival, and I can't remember really ever preaching from this particular passage. I've referred to it from time to time, but really have never just preached from this passage. And then we had things that developed over the week in regards to the hurricanes and the direction of the hurricane. And then we knew two more were on the way, and never before have we seen this many... Uh, disasters this close together, and the worst of all hurricanes headed, is headed our way, and I've received some phone calls, and so I referred back to, to the, the message that I shared briefly at uh, Mr. Grissom's funeral, and I just feel led to share that same passage with you this morning. The title of the message is Anchors That Hold in the Storm taken from Acts chapter 27, and we want to look beginning with verse, 40, uh, with verse 14 and go through verse 29. Acts 27, 14. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous storm, tempestuous storm also, called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ships, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strike sail, and so were driven. And we were being exceedingly tossed with a tempest. The next day, they lightened the ship. The third day, we were cast with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them, 
And he said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God hath given thee all them that uh, that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must cast upon a certain island, but when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Ardria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they draw near to some country, and sounded and found it twenty fathoms, and when they had gone a little further, they sounded again, and they found it fifteen fathoms. Then fearing, verse 29, then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern, and they wished for the day. Verse 14 begins by describing a, a voyage that Paul was taking to Rome. Paul was going to be on trial in Rome. And there in verse 14, they experienced a rocklodon. And rocklodon is just a navigational term of that day which means the north winds came north by east. In other words, the storm came out of Europe. It was a wintertime storm. And it was a tempestuous wind. It was in this storm that Paul and all of those on the ship were afraid for their lives. Now, when Paul was in Ephesus before he took this voyage, he expressed a desire that he would be able to go and visit Rome and share the gospel. He had, the Bible says, he had a great yearning to go to Rome to share the gospel. In Acts chapter 19, verse 21, listen to what God's word says. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Archaea to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. So Paul had it in his mind that he was going to take a trip to Rome. Then all of, a th all of a sudden things turned bad for him when he got to Jerusalem and he experienced this period of darkness and despair and defeat in his ministry. And then God appeared to him while he was there in Acts chapter 23, verse 11. Notice what it says. And the night following all the hardship Paul had gone through, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. So Paul wanted to go to Rome. Things turned out to be where he didn't think he'd ever be able to go to Rome. And then God comes to him and speaks to him and says, Paul, you're going to go to Rome. And then Paul was put on a ship to go to Rome to stand trial. So the Lord assured him that he would go to Rome. So Paul, a prisoner, being sent to Rome for a, tri uh, for a trial, he experienced this terrible storm. But remember, 
although everything looked terrible and everything looked bad, Paul had a promise from God that everything was going to be all right, that he would land safely in Rome, and those that were with him would land safely in Rome. So while they were in this terrible storm, it looked as though that they were going to crash upon this, these certain rocks. And so when the captain of the ship saw that, the captain, another translation says this, and I liked it, it says the captain ordered, drop four anchors from the stern and pray for daylight. This is verse 29. Drop four anchors. If you want to steady the ship, the captain says, we need to drop four anchors and then we just need to pray to daylight. And so today, if we were to give a name to each anchor that held them steady in that storm, I believe the same anchors that we would name today will hold us safe and steady in whatever storm we're going through in life, where it's physical storms or whatever type of storm that you're going through. Remember that these names represent the comprehensive nature of God's goodness in the storms of our lives. So I'm going to list some anchors that you might need to drop to steady you in your storm. Now, I know there's things happening and coming this way, and I know there's a lot of people afraid and fearful, and there's a lot of prophesying being, going, uh, being, being shared. I had calls and want to know, is this the end of time, and I don't know what all. Let me share some anchors that you can drop, and you won't have to worry about storms. The first anchor that I'll mention to you that will hold you steady in your storm is the anchor of his presence. You won't jot that down. From the very time that God walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, by the, from the time he traveled with the children of Israel in the form of a pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke, to the time he walked with the judges and the prophets and the disciples, his followers, and then those of the church as it was being instituted, God is always reaching out to assure us of his presence. We're never alone in a storm. We need to drop the anchor of his presence if we want to be steady. Remember that in the absence of the physical presence of God, God has given us the Holy Spirit. Not that God is not with us in the storm, not physically with us, but his Holy Spirit is with us. Jesus said it this way in John 14, 16 through 18. I will ask the Father... And he will give you another comforter to be with you forever. To be with you forever. The comforter is going to be with us forever. The spirit of truth. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Whatever storm you and I are going through, we need to remember the power of his presence. We're not alone in the storm. He's with us. Not a physical presence but his Holy Spirit is with us. He's never going to leave us. Whatever storm you're in, he didn't leave. He's going through the storm with you. And there's some terrible physical storms, storm of sickness and storm of disease and storm of tornadoes, the storm of death, the storm of hurricanes, the, the storm of tsunamis, the storm of earthquakes and, and uh, the storm of... Uh, uh, desertion, the storm of divorce, it just goes on and on. As a Christian, you are never alone in your storm. So when the wind begins to blow, 
and those physical storms begin to take place in your life, the first thing you need to do is drop an anchor and remember you're not alone in your storm. Very simple. Sometime back, more recent I guess, I read about a group of people in a Nazi prison camp at Auschwitz. I read about an eight-year-old boy in line, standing in line for the gas chamber. This little boy was began to be afraid and he began to cry. And an orderly of the Nazi army standing by, seeing him weep, he pulled a candy bar out of his pocket. He gave it to this young boy. And the young boy stood there and ate that candy bar. And, and as the line was getting shorter, this little boy became more terrified. And then this Nazi orderly did this amazing thing. He said to the little boy, and I'll quote, Dying isn't so hard. Let's do it together. And he took the little boy's hand and he walked in the chamber with him. I thought that was a beautiful illustration and how whatever that we go through, we're not alone, that God goes with us, whatever it might be. The point being, be comforted in knowing that the, as a Christian, we're not alone before death, we're not alone in death, and we're not alone after death. There is an anchor of the presence of God. Second anchor, number two, if you're taking notes, verse 24 Verse 24, Scripture says, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. Fear not, the anchor of power. The anchor of power. Verse 24, an angel said to Paul, Fear not, or literally, do not be afraid. You see, our courage in times of storms comes from the power of, comes from the power of God. Uh, we face our fears drawing from the power of God. Uh, we face pain, drawing from the power of God. We face uh, dark valleys, drawing from the power of God. We face sorrow, drawing from the, valley of, uh, from the, from the power of God. Philippians 4.13 says it better this way. I can do all things through Christ who, what? Strengthens me. And so if you're going through a storm right now, you need and should be drawing from the power of God, allowing God to strengthen you. Someone says, well, you know, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Well, sometimes you can't find your bootstraps. Sometimes you can't even find your boots so shook up. So what you need to draw on is the power of God. So drop anchor, drop anchor, and... Claim the power of his presence, drop anchor, and claim his power in your life. His power will give you strength to keep you going. Third anchor, the anchor of his purpose, the anchor of his purpose. Now, Paul knew God's purpose for his life. What was his purpose? His purpose was to go to Rome. He knew that he would go to Rome, verse 24. So God in his sovereign providence would use Paul's meeting with Caesar to, to do something positive, to do something good. God doesn't waste your time. God has a purpose for you. When trials come, when storms come, sometimes by our own choices, sometimes our own circumstances, uh, whatever, maybe the death of a loved one, maybe the sickness of a loved one, whatever it might be, just remember that God will not waste 
His purpose. His purpose is for you, and He'll bring you to the point where He completes His purpose. God gives us, He gives a promise in Romans 8, 28. Favorite passage of mine since the tornado. For this we know, the promise, that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Not everything's going to be good, but God's going to take whatever storm you have and he's going to bring the good from it. And when we see those storms come in our lives, just remember that there's some good going to come from it. And we live by faith waiting for that good. And so, the anchor of his presence will keep us steady. The anchor of his power will keep us steady. The anchor of his purpose will keep us steady. And the anchor of his peace will keep us steady. Paul said in verse 25, I believe God. It'll be just like he told me. He says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. It's the, it is the, the anchor of his peace. Keep you steady in your storm. God promised Paul what? He promised him safety. Paul believed it, and that settles it. He knew God was going to take care of him. And so as a believer today, we have peace with God, but we also have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore being justified, made right with God, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God. Now, that simply means this. I'm at peace with God. I've been justified by faith through the Lord Jesus Christ. I have peace with God. The war between God and I, that war is over with. For the unbeliever, you're at war with God. You don't have peace with God. You're at war with God. But for the believer, we're at peace with God. We have this peace with God that we can't explain. It's just... I mean, we just received it. When we go through those difficult times, you've experienced it, no doubt in your life, you have this peace with God. But for the unbeliever, you don't have peace with God. You say, well, Brother Sammy, I'm not at war with God. Everything seems to be fine. I mean, if I don't believe in God, but, you know, I let God, if there is a God, do his thing, I'll do my thing. But the Bible says that God is at war with you. Psalm 7, verse 11 uh, the Bible says God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. Now, you may not be at war with God, but God's at war with you. And he is so much at war with you that if you continue to reject his son, one day he'll cast you into a place called hell forever and forever and forever. God is at war with the unbeliever. Philippians 4 verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So for the believer, I have peace with God. For the believer, I have the peace of God that passes all understanding when the time of my storm comes. There is a peace of God. Can't explain it. You just experience it. And, and Jesus said it this way in John 14, verse 27. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give it to you like the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled. and Don't let it be afraid. Last night I received a call from a person, and uh, 
They asked me a question. They said, well, are you watching TV? I said, no, I'm at the church. It was about 9 o'clock, I guess, or 8 o'clock. And so they said, well, I'm afraid I'm sitting. I said, really, are you not afraid? I said, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. And, she, and the person said, well, I'm afraid. And I shared with her just, just uh, the topic. I said, listen, I can tell you how you can... But I can tell you how your fears can be overcome. You just, as a Christian, you can drop some anchors. And I just shared this, uh, this little outline with them. And they shared with me about some friends that they had that was involved in Hurricane Harvey when it first began down around uh, the Virgin Islands. And they shared with me that a friend had called them and said that their mother... And their grandmother, which was 81 years old, and their aunt were staying uh, in the Virgin Island. And they were, uh, they were at, at the Ritz-Carlton, very fine, luxurious hotel. And um, everything went well. They, they went through the hurricane. The roof had come off in uh, a couple of places, but really no damage whatsoever to that hotel. But when they walked out, all the other structures around them had completely been destroyed. We're not even there. It was just a pile of debris. And so the uh, corporation there at the hotel contacted the United States government, and they sent 10 vans into that hotel area, and they picked up the people there and transported them to a port for them to sell for safekeeping um, in, some, in uh, San Juan, I believe she said. And her, her, her mother and grandmother and aunt was with that group. And when they got to San Juan by ferry, they put them in a, a nice Marriott there at San Juan. And she was talking to her mother on the phone. And she said, Mother, are you all right? Or are you okay? She's telling this person that's sharing this story with me. And she said, Mother, are you okay? Is grandmother okay? And she said, Yes, we're fine. And she said, Do you know the only thing she complained about? She was complaining because they didn't have a good window view of the ocean where they were staying then. Can you believe in that? They just escaped a hurricane where everything around them were blown away, was blown away. They were taken to a safe place by our government, provided a ferry, got them to a, another area, put them in a nice hotel, and instead of being thankful, they were concerned because they didn't have the ocean view that they'd like to have had. And this person that was sharing with me said that her friend said, I don't know when my mother is ever going to get it. I don't know when she's going to get it how much she's been blessed. Let me share this with you in closing. 150 years ago, this guy by the name of Luther Bridgers spent the weekend with his parents, his wife, and five children. And during the night, his house, their house burned. Bridges and his parents escaped, but his wife and five children, they were destroyed in the fire. And so Bridges cried out to God. He said, God, give me a song. Give me a song. And God gave him a song. And this is the song. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. 
Fear not, I'm with thee. Peace be still. In all life's ebb and flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. You see, the world doesn't understand it. But those who know God have a peace that passes all understanding. We have the anchor of his presence, the anchor of his power, the anchor of his purpose, and the anchor of our, his peace in order to steady whatever we're going through, steady our ship in the midst of a storm. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for a time that we've had to come and worship you, and what a great worship service. And now just spend just a little time as we opened your word and looked at Paul's experience, Lord, there on a rough sea. And all of a sudden, the captain shouted out to drop four anchors and pray to daylight. And so today, we've just named those anchors and some things that we know, Lord, of your character that will bring us through a storm, regardless what it is, hurricane, storm, doesn't matter what it might be in this life that will steady our life, steady our ship. Help us, Lord, when those times come to be able to, sh to focus on your presence, your power, your purpose, your peace for us. And Lord, help us to take this message and share with others who are afraid today because of a storm. Now, Lord, we pray for those in the midst of the storm, and we pray that we'll do what we can to help them. But, Father, we pray that you'll turn the storm back out to the sea, and, Lord, there won't be any destruction, Lord, to, to no more than already has happened. And, Lord, that we'll be able to minister to those who have suffered during the storm. Thank you for what you're going to do because of our faithfulness. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name.